Welcome to another episode of Tell Me About Your Damn Book. I'm your host, Stephen Lomer, and with me today is a talented romance author who originally hails from New York, but we'll try not to hold that against her. Ladies and gentlemen, Laurel Ostagai. Welcome. Thank, Thank you, you so much for being here. Yes. Very excited to have you. Me too. Um, I'm going to start with your bio. Uh, you were born in Queensbury, New York, yep. a town sandwiched between Lake George and Saratoga Springs. Yep where you still visit with friends and family. Mm -hmm. You currently live outside of Boston and work at a financial firm. You attended Plymouth State University and graduated in 1997. You also received your master's degree from Northeastern University in 2003. You are married to your college sweetheart, yeah. Jeff, <laughs> and you have two sons. When you're not working, you love to spend time with your family and friends, as well as skiing, skating, swimming, writing, or just enjoying the beautiful New England seasons. You're a member of the Association of Rhode Island Authors and Romance Writers of America. You are currently working on the third book in the Onondaga State series. Onondaga, right? Yes, All right. I said it nice. right. <laughs> it's great. Tremendous, <laughs> yeah. tremendous. Okay, so Queensbury, New York. What were the circumstances that brought you from there to the Boston area? Uh, well, my sister and brother-in-law both went to Northeastern. Um, and so after I graduated college, I went moved back home, and then about six months later, my sister said, do you want to move to Boston and, you know, kind of come to the big city? And so I moved in with her and her future husband, and um, I've been here ever since, so since 1999. By far the most important question of this entire interview, socks or Yankees? Red Sox. Okay. <sighs> God. We can continue then. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm sure there would have been people watching this who would have been fine with Yankees, but we don't want those people watching this. So, Correct. So we, all, we will uh, move on from there. Um, do you have any uh, brothers or sisters? Yes. I have an older sister, Danielle. Um, she lived in Massachusetts for quite a while. She lives back in New York now. Uh, and then my brother lives in Arlington, Mass. Okay. Um, and he's actually in a band, Psychic Dog. So he plays a lot in Cambridge and... Um, Davis Square and stuff so and, he, and I'm very close to him and, and his wife and Neat. Two kids yeah that's yeah, cool so I get to see him a lot yep okay were there any other authors or writers in the family no well my uncle wrote a book um, oh. quite a long time ago uh, nose to nose with Joe Glecko so about the football player oh wow um, and he was a writer for a newspaper in New York okay yes so all right was my uncle yeah okay so I will tell you that of all the authors we've had on the show, you were the first one to have another writer in the family. Oh. All of the other authors have said that they were uh, hardcore readers, which is important, and yep. that that's how they became writers, but there were no other writers in the family that sort of drove them in that direction. So congratulations, Thanks. you were the first one <laughs> to have an author in yeah. the family. Not just to be the author in the family, but to have another author yep. in the family. Um, what made you decide to uh, become an author? Well, I mean, like you said, I love to read. So my dad was a big reader. Um, so I grew up reading a lot of books. Um, and then it just became one of those things where you go into a bookstore and I kept walking around looking at all the books there. And it's one of those moments where you just go, why not me? Like, why can't I be one of those people? And um, my friend was actually on the cover of a book. Wow. And yeah, he, he's a model. So he I, I said to him, you know, would you mind putting me in touch with that author? And I just have some questions for her. Um, and she was so kind. And next thing you know, she's giving me her editor and her book designer. And so once those things start happening is when you kind of go, I think I can do this. And 
And so it kind of just snowballed from there. But yeah, I really started just getting in touch with another author and asking a lot of questions and realizing I could, I could probably do this. So. Nice. And when, about when was that? So that was probably five years ago, five wow. or six years ago. Yeah, it took me about four years to write the first book. Okay. Um, I learned a lot in the process. <laughs> Didn't we all? Yeah, I was nervous, <laughs> you know, and, and you do, there's a lot of self-doubt, a lot of, I'm not so sure I'm ready, cut out for this, or can I do it? And, um, you know, and life goes on too. I mean, I had two boys and mm -hmm. jobs and, you know, so it's, you know, just have those moments where you're like, I don't know if I have the time to do this or I want to invest the time. So, right, yeah. right. Um, regarding your two boys, do they know that mom is an author? Do they, oh, yes. do they understand yeah. what that means? Yep. And how old are they? Uh, my oldest is 10, my youngest is seven. Okay. Yeah, so when I first, the first book came out, um, they were quite young, but it was one of those where they, could, they couldn't wait to tell people. You know, my mom wrote a book, and you know, and that always strikes people conversation. They kind of look at you like, did you really? And you said, yeah, you know, I wrote. And, and now they're very proud of me, and they tell everyone. They hand out my bookmarks. And, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So they so, are tremendous hype men yes, for you. Yes, of course, yeah. Wow. It's free publicity. Nice. So, yeah. Okay. Yeah. What drew you towards romance as your genre? I think in particular this story, um, I, I just had an idea and I couldn't get it out of my head. And um, I used to commute a lot into Boston, uh -huh. so even from where I live now, it was a good hour and a half there, sometimes two hours back into Boston. Yeah, it's only 30 miles, but um, <laughs> yeah, so I kept thinking about this story and there is a, definitely a, a, a large romance element to it. but. You know, when I try and pitch my books, I say to people, it's not a standard romance novel. Um, you know, new adult is very different than um, the young adult books that kids are very interested in. This is sort of very much in between. Um, mm -hmm. But yeah, I guess in the romance part of it, there's a strong element of that. So I kind of put myself in that category. Um, but I like writing about romance. I mean, love is important to everybody so I think it's something that everyone can relate to right yeah right now we had a uh, another romance author on previously she stated that uh, the essence of a romance novel is that they all have happy endings is that true <laughs> no oh no, okay yeah so so you have a different take on yeah it. oh definitely I mean I think in life, there's very few happy endings in the real aspect of it. I mean, I think people want to read books that everything works out well in the end, but I don't really think that's realistic. So okay. I try and throw in some curves that'll make people really go, Ooh, you know, I've heard people say, I really cried during it, or I thought about this, and I want wow. to invoke more feelings than just, wow, that was a great ending. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone sailed off into the sunset. Yeah. <laughs> What do you feel are common misperceptions about romance authors, if any? Yeah, I guess for me, I, I've tried to describe my books a little differently. I don't want, pe I, you know, if you say I'm a romance, uh, I think people, which I, I don't know this for sure, but in my mind, I'm thinking they think of the man on the cover with his shirt open with the woman with the long dress on and her hair's blowing, you know, and it's like that, I, I understand, and they're very popular, and those people do very, very well, mm -hmm. um, but that was not what I wanted to do. I, um, yeah, I wanted to make it a little different, have some surprise elements into it, but I, I do think that's when you say you're a romance writer, that's what people think, and 
Um, so I think in particular for romance writers, a cover is really important because mm -hmm. I think it really can set like, oh, okay, this is a little different than what I envisioned when I said it was romance. So Right. So your your books are very different from those what they call bodice rippers. Yes, okay. exactly. Yeah. <laughs> okay. yeah, these are all based in college. So, oh. um, yeah, that automatically puts them in like that new adult era. So I do talk about uh, drinking and drugs and um, you know, but I keep all of that as very PG. You know, I didn't want it that to be the basis of the books either. So, um, right. and that can be a large element of college life in general. So I I, I thought I'm either going to go there. Um, and make it a big deal or I'm just gonna make it a part of the you know the community where yes kids are at a party they're drinking yes I know they're underage but <laughs> kids go to college between 18 and 22 mostly so right. it's a given that they're underage so I you know that was part of the thing that I tried to just not make a big deal about it and romance is where the money is there's a study that says uh, romance as a genre owns 74 percent of the market on Amazon and that the other 26% is divided among all the other genres. Why do you think that is? Wow, I did not know that. <laughs> <laughs> I did the research yeah. and I was amazed. Right. Yeah, wow. those poor sci-fi and fantasy authors, they wow. are they are pushed down because 74% of the sales are through romance. Is is it does it just appeal to a, a bigger market? Is there a universality to it? What what could the explanation be? I know that's interesting, and I, I would have thought sci-fi was really sure, yeah, very big. I mean, when we go to the book events, I mean, we see a lot of the fantasy, the sci-fi, and I yep. see a lot of people at those tables. I think because they're trying to get taken out of their normal lives, and right, I find, I'm very fascinated with that that people can actually describe a whole new planet, universe. Uh -huh. stuff. Yeah, but I guess to your question, I'm, I, I think it maybe it's because everyone wants that happy ending and that feel good and. Um, and you almost can guarantee it when you pick that book up. I mean, it's it's almost written in the title, like love, and um, so I'm, I'm I'm guessing that's why. But I'm I'm surprised to hear that. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's true. Uh, do you imagine that it's that it's mostly women who are reading uh, books like the ones you write, or do you think it crosses over? Do you think do you think men are enjoying them too? Yeah, I mean, I know men that have read mine. Um, but I'm waiting for that moment where someone I don't know says, I read your book, and then that, that'll tell me that question because it's always people that I know, and, right. they, and out of the kindness of their heart, they actually take the time to read it. And, um, and some of the men have said, you know, I really liked it. I thought it was very different. Um, you lost me a little bit when she was putting her makeup on and, you know, that kind of stuff. And I said, oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, I can see that. Yeah. So I don't doubt it that it's not written directly for men, but I have uh -huh. had men tell me that they've read it and they're like, I really thought it was good. You know, it was different than what I would have thought when you said you were a romance. So, right. Yeah. Uh, you're an indie author. Yes. Yep. What's that been like so far? Um, fabulous okay but I have learned a lot and I um, whenever I meet someone that's interested in becoming an author um, I always say reach out for questions because I had someone that did that for me mm -hmm. um, and I was hooked up with some really good people people that I can trust people that um, I'll never meet but I don't mind sending them money to do certain things because I trust them mm -hmm. um, and so I guess the only thing is I would say to someone just really researching and finding the right people and good people that you can go back to time after time again 
beta readers and editor. Um, mm -hmm. I met a wonderful photographer. I know she lives in Michigan. I'll, n I'll probably never meet her, but boy, do we email and interact. And she found me a model for my third book, and I just trust her. And um, you know, I trust that she, when I send her money, she's going to send me my results back. And um, you know, you just need to find those people. So I, I have learned a lot. I've been burned a few times. Mm -hmm. um, you know, so I, I guess I would. It's pay it forward. I just I find a good person, a good beta reader. I want the next author that wants to come out to use the same beta reader that I had a great experience with. So I guess that would be um, the thing that I would tell someone next is you know it can be difficult. Um, you really got to trust that when someone says they're going to do something for you, that they're going to do it for you. Um, right. And yeah, but I think it's been wonderful. I think it's a great experience and. Um, I can't imagine going to somebody that would tell me what to do, <laughs> you know, or say I don't, I don't like your cover. You shouldn't have done that. And it's like, you know, I just, I, I think the best thing about being an indie author is you just go in with your heart and what you want to put out there. And sure, yeah, there's a lot to be said for that. So. Yeah. Did you pursue traditional pub before you went that route? I didn't. Wow. No. Nope. Wow. Straight I, into indie yep, pub. Wow. I, I just really wanted to try it, test the waters. Um, see if it was possible if what it would be like um yeah and i've just stuck stuck with it i think it's wonderful and I, everybody i meet that does it it's like they seem happy mm -hmm. so i just want to continue doing it sure yeah so it's safe to say you would not pursue that now now that you've established yourself as an indie author you wouldn't pursue the the, the big publishing houses or anything. Yeah, I mean, I don't think... Um, Unless they offered you a ton of money. <laughs> I was just going to say, anybody looking at this, is this where I look into the green that's, light? That's where anybody you look listening in. to this that would like to read my books and, you know, I, yeah, I'd be a fool to say no, but yeah, I guess it's just you're so busy doing this that I can't imagine a full-time job, two kids, trying to get my books out and then going the whole other route of trying to find an agent and it's, it's daunting and right. I just... Not so sure I have the, the time for that, too. So The time and the energy, yes. Yeah. Yes, yep. it, it can be exhausting, yes. Um, when we first met, you didn't even have an author website right. at that point. Yeah, you are, remember that. Are, yeah. you, are you a technophobe? Or, or was it just uh, you were the, the, the cart before the horse? Yeah, definitely the cart before the horse, 100%. Okay, yep. and um, you, you've rectified that. Oh, yes, yes, <laughs> yep. Um, yeah, laurelostaguy.com. It was as simple as can be. I don't know why I did it. But at, it's funny that you mentioned that because when we met at that event, I called my husband and I said, uh, I need a website. <laughs> and he was like, I can do that. And he's digital market. I mean, he does all this stuff. And he was like, I know. I've been telling you that. And I said, okay, well, I'm like in a session right now where they're all saying, if you don't have a website, you're an idiot. And I was like, so I'm calling to tell you I feel pretty dumb right now. So I think by the time I got back from that event, I had... LaurelLostaguy.com. So. Yes, I believe that's yeah. right because yep. then shortly thereafter you put the word out on Facebook. So yes, please, finally, please check out my website. Yeah, I, finally, I, yep. I finally put it together. Yep. Yes. Uh, the other great thing about that particular event is you were the very first person that I told about this show yes. and that was almost a oh, year ago awesome. yep. and I had come up with the name and I had come up with the concept yep. and it, it, it just dated for a while and there there was a lot of 
you know, stuff in between that had yep. to happen. But here we are, writing finally, on this very yeah. show. Yeah, exactly, yeah. writing books. <laughs> but here we are on that very show that I told you about yep. at that very show. So that's that's very exciting yeah, for me. Yeah, I was so. excited back then. I thought it was a great idea. And I think I remember telling Satin, like, you got to go ask him, like, he's going to do a show. And Yeah, um, yeah, I that's right. it was great. Like, yeah. this is how... This is the indie author vibe that I like. Like people just really get to know each other and become friends and appreciate how much work you put into this and having me here and doing your own books and you know, it's just it's it's amazing group of people and community, so. Yeah. Uh, so we have a gimmick on this show that we are contractually obligated to live up to. Okay. So Laurel Ostagai. Tell me about your damn book. <laughs> I love that. Uh, I just, I do. I love it. Um, yeah, so it's called Last Goodbye, okay. and it's the first in my series. Um, it didn't start off as a series, um, and so the first book really introduces you to all the characters in college. Um, but what I was trying to say earlier is why I think this is different than a typical romance is because my thought for the book was you know, whether or not we believe that someone else takes someone's place when someone passes away. So the whole concept of the book is um, a young man in high school um, passes away, but the main character in the book feels a sense of belonging to him that mm -hmm. she can't really explain. Okay. And so she almost is goes into a slight depression um, because she constantly feels this loss. Um, and so she goes to, to college and she meets um, a boy and he um, ends up sort of telling her along the way that he was best friends with the kid that passed away and she was described to him and he has a really hard time um, believing that it's real he doesn't think that you know first he thinks he sees a ghost he thinks you know he describes someone else it can't be her but all these clues start to unravel that tell him that yes it's her um, and she, they were supposed to meet in college, um, but the kid that died, the other kid takes her place and she ends up falling in love with him. Hmm. Um, and so the one character, Tank, that's the friend, he gets really upset because he kind of sees Nathan now as the guy that took his friend's place. And, and so the whole book is really him trying to tell Abigail, um, you know, Nathan's really not the one for you, it was my friend and here are all the reasons why and here's all the things that he told me and here are all the things that you know could possibly happen and he ends up being her like protector um, and he does protect her from some really terrible college situations and um, and so it's it's a different sort of romance there's definitely some death uh, components to it mm -hmm. um, and then the college life is very confusing and um, so I tried to bring that into it I did base all my novels in the 90s so um, I wanted it to kind of go back to that time of, um, I felt too with the excitement of, like I remember my roommate and I going back to our dorm room, hitting the answering machine and, you know, praying to God he called, you know, that kind of stuff. What's where, an answering machine? Yeah, <laughs> where you couldn't get people on text. Like it's so easy to get a hold of someone and sure. Facebook and, um, and so I wanted to take that entire element out. So this is really, you, you run into someone and that's a story. You... You know, you catch eyes with someone and that's the story. It's not, sure. you know, who's that? And I'm going to find him on Facebook and then I'm going to stalk him and then I'm going to do this and that. And then, you know, I have their phone number and I'm going to text them. It takes all of that element out. Um, and so I wanted to bring it back to you. Plus, I'm a big fan of the 90s music, so I wanted to talk about that a lot. Uh -huh. um, but yeah, I mean, that's really the basis of the book. So there is definitely romance in it. There's definitely turmoil between 
um, you know, the two male main characters and, and Abigail. So um, it's a lot of spinning and turning of them. But um, yeah, it's just that element of surprise of what really happens if someone dies and does someone else take their place? And, um, and you know, she struggles with believing that and then it really comes to light. And um, yeah, so that's... Wow. The basis of the book. That's really cool. Were any of the characters based on real life people that you that you knew? Um, some of it in college is. Um, I really enjoyed, one of my favorite things is naming people. Mm -hmm. um, so I loved giving names to characters um, and, and a little nod to my friends. So anybody that sees their name in there, it's not a coincidence. I mean, I definitely put people in the book. Um, but I tried not to tell anyone's story that... Um, you know, maybe they wouldn't want to be told or they didn't, it was between her, them and I. I, I just didn't want anyone to feel like you really told that story and made it. <laughs> so I, all the, all the characters, while they're named and may look similar to somebody, none of the stories are really true. Okay. All right. And what sort of age range do you think would, would enjoy your, your book? Um, anywhere from, I would say 13 to 65, 70, yeah. Um, 80, 90, yeah. just on and on, yeah, right? I'll have to put a little bit bigger print, but. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, like my neighbor across the street, he's in his teens. Uh, he's, um, so, and he, like I went trick or treat about the kids, and he, I, your, your book was my favorite book of all time. Yeah, so he, and I said to, you know, his mom, I hope, you know, she's like, oh no, I thought it was great. Like it's not, so I tried to make it so people could read it and not be, you know, <laughs> Ugh, you know why'd you you know recommend that so that's that was that pg-13 element so right um yeah i tried to keep it so young adult i'm you know kids going into college or about to go into college can absolutely read it and you know it's nothing horrible do you think they'll get a kick out of out of 90s technology and 90s music and 90s jargon yeah i, I hope so i hope they appreciate it because yeah. i live through it and i still yeah. get a kick out of it when i, I when it. i think it's back great. to it yep. yeah and this is this is the book is part of a series and and so yep. the second book is out and you're working on the third is that right yep the second book longing to be um is the first person tale of what happens to her in this book okay um so brie is one of the characters and it tells you what happens in um, in the first book and then the second book is based off of um, the main character in the first book Abigail her roommate Laura um, she gets a job at the radio station um, and tries to kind of solve some mysteries and some things that are going on and again she's got romantic interests now and um, there's a lot of twists and turns in the third one so um, I'm guessing the third one will be out in the fall of this year nice yeah. very exciting yep. so you must be wrapping it up at this yep. point. Okay. I just sent it to my last beta reader the other day. Nice. Um, so I would have had six this time around, which I'm really happy about because um, I've gotten some really good feedback. I've changed a lot. Um, and then I'm due to my editor in June. Wow. Yeah. And then I'm, I think she'll probably have it for a couple months. And then so I'm guessing the fall. Right. Yep. Nice. Excellent. Yeah, very, very exciting. Yeah, I am. I'm very excited. Awesome. Yep. Okay. We have a segment on the show called Questions from the Great Unwashed. Okay. And these are social media questions that have been submitted for you. Oh, wow. You oh, that's interesting. You never know what you're going to get. Yep. If they come in unfiltered, I will present that's them great. to you, and then you can do whatever you like with them, answer them, look at me like I'm crazy, whatever <laughs> you like, whatever your natural reaction is for the questions. Are, are you game? Uh, are you game for the questions game. from the Great yep. Unwashed? Okay. Um, <laughs> 
already so, happened. So Tony from Vermont, okay? Yep. Tony from Vermont says, you're very pretty. <laughs> Thanks, Tony. That's it. <laughs> Tony doesn't understand what a Thank question you, Tony. is. <laughs> Tony, Tony doesn't understand what questions from the great unwashed is all about. That was, that was it. That was all we got. Oh, but, like so there you go. So, yeah. so I guess that sets the table. Tony yeah. from Vermont. <laughs> Lisa from Massachusetts says, I met you at an author event and you seemed so serious. Why so serious? Oh, I, I guess I, I don't know. I, w I don't take myself too seriously. No, you don't. No. So maybe I was nervous. Oh. I could have been nervous. Yeah. Okay. I mean, there is a nerve element to it that uh, I'm not a very good salesperson. That's the other thing. I, ah. Yeah. So I don't do, um, I tried more to give a pitch um, and I'm not very good at it. So I know that about myself too. So, okay. Um, I like talking up other people more than <laughs> saying why you should buy my book. So, okay. yeah, so I was probably nervous. Okay. Yeah. All right. So less serious yes. and more nervous. Yep. Because you're clearly not serious here. No. You're having uh, a ball. Yeah. yeah. Right? Yeah. Right. Okay. This is awesome. <laughs> okay. Uh, Celia from Maine asks, if you wrote yourself into a romance novel, what would the title be? Oh, that's a good question. That is a great question. Wow. Um, as we pause to ponder this because yeah. I'm thinking of the same thing like what would I call what would what the maybe, title of a novel that I wrote myself yeah, into maybe wine be? lover <laughs> that's pretty good one the yeah. moonshine gal you're right yeah. something like that wow never come empty handed yeah. <laughs> a lot of ways you could spin that one too yeah, so I sure, don't know you may sure. want to edit that one out but yeah no, I'm leaving yeah. that in <laughs> okay. no, no question that stays yeah. in um, yeah. Wow. Okay. Yeah. yeah. That was that was uh, Celia. That was a really good question. Thank you. Uh, Westside Johnny asks, "What's the funniest joke you know by heart?" Oh boy. I guess this ties in with you being serious. Yeah. If you no, know if you know, know a joke, I'm on then the you spot, so. then you can't be um, completely serious. Oh my God! I, I I know a lot of jokes. We have Alexa, and I love when she tells jokes. And I'm trying to remember one. Well, my my grandfather used to tell this joke. So a guy walks into a doctor's office, and he keeps saying "TP uh, wigwam, TP wigwam," and the doctor says, "You're two tenths." <laughs> Stupid. I didn't even tell it right. Sorry. Sorry. That's brilliant. Brilliant. There you go. Westside Johnny, there's your joke. Feel free to tell it and yeah. take credit yourself. And uh, finally, Kara from Toronto asks, what advice do you have for an aspiring romance novelist? Oh, boy. I would say write what you know. Um, Think about anything in your life that um, is touching, is um, maybe a moment where you, it kind of changed you, and and base a book around that. I mean, that's um, when my father passed away. I was 25. That was it was a really big deal. It was very suddenly. It, we, nobody, you know, we didn't know it was coming. Nothing. It was like one day you get the call, and um, 
And so I think there's an element of that in my books because I know about it so I can write about it. And I think you people want to read and believe what your, your words. So that would be my advice. And you also earlier said uh, to go the indie pub route. Yes. Yep. <laughs> as, as a little bit of additional advice for Kara yep. from Toronto. Uh, so I always wrap up these videos with uh, the same question for every okay. author. Uh, it's a hundred years in the future. We're all dead and gone, hopefully. Yeah. Uh, a young person goes into a library, hopefully there are still libraries a hundred years in the future, yeah. <laughs> approaches the librarian and asks about Laurel Astagai. What does the librarian say about you? she say about me um, she'll probably say you must have seen all the movies based on her books why are you here trying to check it out <laughs> that's great that's tremendous yes so so it's it's Hollywood next for you I, I would love that okay I mean, I, some people joke and say oh they make a really good like made-for-tv movie that type of thing but um, yeah I I always say, your lips to God's ears. Yeah. I mean, who knows, but... Okay, excellent. All right. Well, that's all the time we have for this episode of Tell Me About Your Damn Book. I would like to thank my guest, Laurel Ostegai. The book is Last Goodbye. It's available on Amazon and yep. wherever quality books, books yeah, are sold. exactly. Excellent. All right. Well, thanks for joining us, and cheers. Cheers.